Hi, this is Mitchell, an enthusiast in data science. And I'm Anastasia, blending technology with artistic expression. We're from Exquisite Morphs, challenging the conventional view of the world by not being afraid of the unknown and combining human creativity with AI innovation to create beautiful visuals. We're on the edge of AI, the podcast where AI creativity and culture come together. Stay tuned. Welcome aboard the Edge of AI podcast. Snap into your safety belt and prepare to explore the depths of the rapidly expanding AI universe. Each episode is a dispatch featuring hyper-relevant reports from the pilots, pioneers, and passengers aboard the AI rocket ship. We explore the latest use cases and developments in AI, hear from experts building tech, and learn how this disruptive force is transforming industries and society. Hello, AI podcast passengers. Jump on in. Here's what's to come on today's journey. Discover what brought two very different people together to create a necessary service that distills countless AI tools to deliver AI-enhanced artistic content of all kinds, and how the beauty of imperfection inspires one of today's guests' art. They will discuss why you should spend more time using and exploring new innovations to enhance your personal abilities and do what excites you the most. All this and more, take your seat. Today's episodes featuring Anastasia Kopteva and Mitchell Meislin of Exquisite Morphs. Anastasia, co-founded and chief artistic officer of Exquisite Morphs, brings a dynamic blend of neuroesthetics, data science, and curation, as well as art to craft transformative human experiences through innovative technology and multi-sensory activations. At the heart of her work lies a unique interplay of functionality, technology, and artistic expression. Today, with our interdisciplinary co-founder, Mitchell Meislin, CTO of Exquisite Morphs, they have pioneered engaging visual content co-developed with state-of-the-art AI technology. Mitchell, co-founder and chief technology officer of Exquisite Morphs, combines his extensive background in data science with a deep passion for creative computing. His foray into visual AI began with exploring early GAN models, audio reactive algorithms, and advanced style transfer techniques, leading up to the development of deep dream videos and clip-guided art generation. Currently, he's a specialist in diffusion models and other avant-garde AI tools, creating innovative workflows that layer open source, generative AI techniques. His ultimate goal is to meld technology, creativity, and human artistry into captivating visual experiences. Exquisite Morphs, they're a cutting edge boutique design studio specializing in personalized visuals that meld human creativity with AI innovations. Their portfolio includes a diverse array of projects such as the creation visually stunning one hour set for Esther Anaya, the official DJ for the Chargers at SoFi Stadium for her international tour, bespoke graphics, and various films and music videos and custom design visuals for the LA uh, Tech Week opening night uh, after party, a prestigious event sponsored by Dropbox and Tesla. So we're going to jump right into segment one. I'm super excited about this. I, I had the chance to really uh, spend some time with both of them and um, both of our guests and, and get a feel for what's going on. I think you guys are going to love it. 
Uh, but Ex Exquisite Morphs merges human creativity with AI to create personalized visuals. Can you tell us about how this project started and its development since then? Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Ron. Um, so Mitchell and I uh, kind of started working together, uh, both in consulting, um, and then realized that we both were interested in the arts and also had a large programming background. And we actually started working on music together and realized we had a lot in common in how we were playing around with different uh, visual generation models. And so as we went and created that, uh, as well as creating music um, and kind of paired those together, we ended up going and creating a company uh, based on the use cases that we identified. And now a brief interlude from today's show so you can get ready to wave your magic wand with Cast Magic. Our team saved a ton of time and money using Cast Magic for our show, and the potential use cases are boundless for any company creating content. Imagine turning a single recording into a goldmine of engagement for any type of show, webinar, or other type of audio and or video content, whether it's short or long. With Cast Magic, you can save over 20 hours a week. No more tedious transcribing or brainstorming social media posts. Cast Magic does it all, generating show notes, summaries, blog posts, and even newsletters in minutes. Think of it as your content alchemist, transforming every audio or video into a treasure trove of valuable content. Want to experience the magic? Get a seven-day trial on us by going to bit.ly forward slash castmagicreferral and join Cast Magic's vibrant Slack community of over a thousand innovators. Don't just create, cast your magic with Cast Magic. Yeah, that's going to be a lot of digging we're going to do to to bring those two worlds from the surface down to the granular level and have people understand, but we're gonna do just that. So it's based on the, the Exquisite Morphs is based on the uh, Exquisite Corpse Parlor game from the 1920s. Share some of that story with us, please. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so um, with the Exquisite Corpse uh, Parlor game, it was broken up into kind of three sections. There's the head, the body, and the tail of the piece. So the first artist goes and draws the head. They fold over the uh, kind of the, uh, first piece and then show a little bit of a sliver of what kind of that top piece looks like. The next artist uh, draws the body of the piece and then so on. And so similarly, that's how we think of our partnership with AI is we kind of go and kind of curate. Some of the pieces are created by us. We feed that into the AI. Um, it, we kind of uh, collaborate with the AI and then create something together based on that. So the two of you bring different skill sets to this to make it function and work. Describe that a little bit, how the skill sets, you know, one plus one equals three, basically. How, how does that all work together? Yeah, so I'm happy to jump in a little bit here um, and dig into my own personal background and my experience with AI. So I come from a data science background, and uh, after I graduated college, I started digging into developing my own portfolio of machine learning work and upskilling in some of the new generative technologies and AI technologies um, that were state-of-the-art at that time. So as I started to dig into this and I started to build out certain projects, I have always had a passion for the arts. So I grew up as a drummer. Um, I produce my own music. I do mixing and mastering, and that's been a very key hobby that stuck with me throughout my life. And so I thought it would be fascinating to start to apply deep learning technologies to the creation of art as a way to build my data science skills and also to overlap the projects that I'm working on with some of my own current passions. So 
in as I started to explore this, um, I started to go into the space when we were working with earlier GAN models. So these are generative adversarial networks, and these were the deep learning models that powered the first kind of visual creation of um, different images via AI that was starting to look very realistic. So um, back in this era, there were a couple key models that were used. Um, the StyleGAN models, which were released by NVIDIA, were some of the models that I started to get my hands on originally. And I started to train some of my own neural networks on my own photos. And then what you can do with those early models as well is you can push and pull through what they call latent spaces, which that allows you to do things like you take, for example, a picture of a lion and you've trained this network on all sorts of pictures of lions. And then you can create a video where the video transfers from one lion to another in this kind of smooth way. And then you could also layer on audio reactivity. So you could say, let's say a bass note hits on a song, right? Then that actually speeds up the transition from one lion to the next. Or for example, if it's spacier or airier in the music, you can kind of pull back from how aggressively you transition. And so this creates this feeling of audio reactivity. Um, we can dig more into some of these tools in my journey um, as to you know, how I've started to get involved in this space, but that's originally how I got interested in the overlap between deep learning and creativity. That's a good segue into, I think, what Exquisite Morphs is combined with some of the fears people have about AI and some of the excitement as well. So um, mutual drummer, um, I've done my 10,000 hours and, uh, and played a lot of drums over the years. And I quite honestly resented drum machines when they came to light, right? Because <laughs> there's just something about that human experience, right? So if, if you take that forward to where we are now, as a drummer that's probably spent countless hours behind the drum set, mastering your art for your own purposes, right? Um, mm -hmm. And now you're taking a value for that. This is an assumption on my part. And you're, and you're combining it with AI. So... If I went to Exquisite Morphs right now and said, hey, I want to do a project and music's involved, but I, I still want the human component, is that, can you react to that somehow? Um, so, I mean, we absolutely work with the human component and it's kind of the curation between the human and the technology and the technology as a tool and as a collaborator almost, um, more than it kind of it as the solution itself. And I think to, to add on to that a little bit, um, one thing that's very exciting for us in this process is we will often, when we start to work with someone new, we'll go into this process of doing storyboarding and vision boarding. If you were to, let's say, um, want to create a piece with us today, what we would do is we would sit down and we would really outline your vision. So we would talk through like the, the kind of key visual components that you want in a design. And we would look through different logo graphics that you might have for your company or for your brand. And we would look at artwork that you've displayed on posters in the past and materials that you've used to advertise in the past. And all of these items we would kind of go through together. And then what we can do is we can actually feed those items and resources into the training of some of our models. And we can also feed those items and resources into the base when we start to create images and videos. So we can do things like we can stylize your own personal brand, let's say your logo. We can stylize it 
in a way that is thematically relevant to the tour that you might be going on as a musician, right? And what we can do then is we can take that theme and we can feed that in as the first frame for a video. And then we can have an AI start to create more content based on the actual art that you would like to display. So for example, we could take your logo and we could say that you wanted to create a kind of fierce environment um, where you're looking at jungle creatures that are snarling, right? So we could stylize your logo in that way. And then we could take you through a journey through that forest while building in some of your brand specific content on the way. And then the other thing that we can do is on the output, we also are going to sync that to, let's say, the music that you might want to be playing or you know the different um, feelings that you want to curate and the tempos that you want to curate. That's something we do as well. And to do this, I think you're uh, you're really reliant on Python. Can you can you tell us why specifically Python? Yes. So Python is generally the language of data science and machine learning. Um, and there have been a lot of accessible resources that have been created in Python. So one way that we go about working with this sort of art creation technology is we really have been involved in the open source communities. So for example, within the communities around stable diffusion and early diffusion models, for example, with you know the the PyTT tools that were put out, or Disco Diffusion that was put out, um, or like StyleGAN is, from Nvidia is another example of uh, you know different code that has been made available to the public, so that we can actually go into Python, get our hands on it, and then start to play with different outputs and create uh, creative designs from that. I mean, what I'm hearing is pretty amazing because the way I look at it is, there's a lot of what you're talking about that is available to many, right? It's, it's not, none of this is top secret, but as AI is developing and we have countless examples of it, both in the LLMs, but also in the application of, what you're talking about is having a deep understanding of number one, how a lot of it works, and number two, everything that's current and what's out there and how to combine those things and and come up with something. And, you know, as, as someone that's running a business, you, that's another job, right? You don't really have time to be the expert in all that. So um, that's what I'm getting out of this. Am I in the right direction here? Yeah, I mean, a big piece of creativity and novelty is using the tools that are available to create something that's new. Um, and so that's kind of our opinion on it as well as uh, kind of within a, you kind of using a multidisciplinary approach uh, to go and pull a lot of the things that are commonly available um, and currently available. So some of the new and disruptive technologies, as well as some of the uh, kind of ways to uh, kind of edit video and create different visuals and melt mold those together to create custom content. So like what unique contributions do you think Exquisite Morphs has made in the realm of sort of shore and artistic visuals to back up your that statement you just made? Yeah, I mean, so uh, we've worked on a, quite a few really cool projects. And so one that we had recently worked on, as you had mentioned, was the one with Esther and Aya. And so as Mitchell had mentioned, uh, one of the things that we had done with her is a lot of storyboarding, um, going through and looking at a lot of the materials that she had used uh, previously, uh, looking at some of the themes that she had wanted to use. And so we created a hour-long visual set for her for her international tour um, that was kind of a uh, kind of creating a captivating experience for the audience throughout. And so it's an addition to the show that is also kind of a visual element. No, it makes, it makes a lot of sense. And as you're expanding, you know, further into the future, you know, basically crafting experiences, what, what sort of 
tidbits can you can you offer us in that direction? Yeah, it's um, a lot of it is what we look at is what how, kind of how do we want the audience to feel? What experience do you want to create and work backwards from there is, is a big piece of it. And so it's really interesting. There's beauty in the artistry of the creation of the work and beauty in the artistry of the final product. And so the, there is uh, intentionality in a lot of the ways that things are created, whether or not that's necessarily visible in the end result. So it's exciting. And, um, to tie, to tie a, I'm sorry, Mitchell, did you want to jump in? Yeah, and to expand a little bit on that um, from a tools perspective, you know, to to tie this back to a previous point that you made as well, Ron, um, we are always trying to look for some of the new developments in the field of AI and see if we can leverage and utilize some of those models. And then we also want to see if we can combine different model types in ways that maybe has not been done before. So, for example, um, I'm constantly going through Hugging Face, which is, a, for those who don't know, a website where you can look at some of the latest and greatest AI models that are open source. And I'm looking at different demos, and then I'm starting to get ideas in my head as far as, okay, we've found this new model that can animate uh, human-like motion, right? And what can we do if we combine that, for example, with a video that was given to us by a client that they want to stylize? And then we take that and we combine it with another technique um, where we can grab one of those frames and start to transition into another model type. So kind of blending these different models together is something that we really like to explore. And then the other item here is we can actually go on the classical video editing softwares. So if we want to talk about actual use cases, can you give us a walkthrough? You kind of touched on it there a little bit, but maybe three use cases and, you know, give a little more definition to it it'd be great and so uh three use cases that we've um we have quite a few use cases but three of our main use cases are um kind of as mitchell had mentioned the storyboarding and uh kind of the prototyping um and kind of using uh the ai generated images and uh kind of coupled with the branding images provided by the uh, client uh to go in walk through what um, kind of the storyboard look like, et cetera. We also do a lot of the kind of image gen and uh, video generation that's uh, kind of raw outputs. And then we put things together um, and stylize them. And uh, as Mitchell was saying, um, use a lot of the masking elements that are available within uh, things within the Adobe suite, for example, um, to go and create something new and interesting. And Mitchell, I can I'll let you talk a little bit more about the tools. Yeah, and so there's kind of two main ways that people often play with this generative AI technology today. Um, of course, there's a, a number of different ways that you can access this technology, but two kind of key ways to do this. Number one is either to, um, and this is getting a little bit more technical here, but utilizing some sort of cloud resources. So what we like to do is we like to use um, Colab notebooks which is if you look up Google Colab, this is a way for you to actually gain access to renting a GPU. And then we can run our scripts in that environment. So what we're able to do is we're able to kind of generate videos using cloud resources as our processing power um, to start to create these outputs. Then the other thing that you can do, and a lot of people like to do is use automatic 1111. And this is essentially, um, if you look into this, it's a way to access stable diffusion from your own local device. So this is great, let's say, if you have a gaming computer and you have a GPU to power it, and you want to start to create artwork on your own local device. And what's great about Automatic 11.11 is once you have installed it and you want to start to play with it, 
there's all sorts of kind of model types that you can pull in, and there's all sorts of different extensions that you can add um, so that streamline your workflow and also allow you to access different kinds of tools. So tactically, that's kind of how we approach that from a process standpoint. We are also happy to show some visuals of what this looks like at the output, and we can kind of describe some of those um, and then also look through them for our viewers who are uh, watching along. The real focus that enables all everything you just discussed is is a decentralized model, right? So you've got a lot of open source that you can draw from. And now what you're telling me is, I'll call it the AWS of AI, right? You can sort mm -hmm. of rent your own servers to put a large language model on and morph it yourself, which no one else would be able to access if you chose that, right? So it becomes mm -hmm. unique. So what we end up with is the ability for just about anybody, putting some time in, of course, to be able mm -hmm. to create the, the, these fantastic tools of their own. Am, mm -hmm. I, am, I, am I getting that right? Exactly. And that's what's so beautiful about the open source community in this realm is that people are putting their heads together and creating these tools that can really be leveraged by anyone who has the desire to start to dig in. So if you want to lean in very deeply into that field, there's all sorts of resources that you can start to discover. So, so the mediums you're looking at, Basically, you've got your your DJs, and um, I was just at SoFi Stadium, and you know that's a, that's an art form, right? There, you got seventy thousand people in there that need to need a storyline behind everything that's coming from the DJ. So that's pretty powerful. So you've got your I'll call it DJ slash music side, right? But then you've got promo videos you talked about. Then you've got potentially an artistic tour, or you know a band's tour worldwide. Um, again, I'll call that promo videos, but a little bit different. But then you've got creation of things, right? Whether it be music stills videos so you're you're, you're covering a, a lot of different mediums is, is that accurate yeah we actually have been we're playing with uh, some tangible mediums as well we worked with a uh glass artist as well to use one of the stills created uh from uh, one of the things we ge uh, generated um to create an uh, artistic still with um with glass as well it's wow. really cool no it's 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 a great glimpse for all of us to look into you know the 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 time that you guys spend creating what hasn't been created before, quite honestly, I don't think that's an overstatement. Uh, I, I mean, I think it's pretty, pretty amazing. But uh, along the journey of this, I mean, you're talking about new tools, new innovation. You, you must have had some personal discoveries and, and business discoveries as well. A any uh, glimpses you want to give us into that? Maybe each of you, actually. Yeah, absolutely. I'm consistently impressed at the kind of artistry and engineering and the engineering and artistry. Um, and so I come from a, actually, I got into data science through dance. I was uh, pulled in uh, into the electrical and computer engineering department, uh, nominated by the dance department to be a part of their um, kind of neuroaesthetics program. Um, and so I ended up working there for several years doing research on creativity and how uh, artists create. And so uh, with kind of the learnings from there and kind of the intersection of both and the interest from both sides um, and kind of how the other works and kind of the learnings from each other. It's interesting how those have melded through the years where there's a kind of more appetite, but then also more accessibility for artistry from the engineering perspective and vice versa. Mitchell, you're not getting off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, so I think that as far as um, some of the nuggets that I've picked up over the course of working with this new technology is, for one, um, I think I can't overstate the importance of 
being willing to explore the unknown and being okay with ambiguity. So when I kind of think through this, right, I know my background in Python, um, I was doing a lot of kind of classical data science where you're looking at building classification models. A lot of uh, folks who may have a background in data science know about like looking, working with the Titanic data set where you look at all of this data and you try to make different classifications and predictions based on that data, right? Um, or doing A-B testing and these sorts of things. Um, and I think for me at first, it was really intimidating to think about this new realm of deep learning, large language models, generative AI, um, because it seems so different from the kind of more classical statistics um, that you might learn if you're starting to get into Python initially. Um, but I think what's been so interesting for me to see is just the power of if you pick something that you don't know and you just dive headfirst into it and you start watching YouTube videos and you start looking through code and you start, you know, you get a book. Like, for example, I got a book on deep learning image techniques and I just read through it. And, you know, at first it starts to feel way over your head. It's like, wow, I could never understand this stuff. Um, but then you start to get more and more into the space and you're like, oh, wow, I am starting to play with it and I can kind of reroute things in this certain way and I can, you know, leverage these models in a new way. And it's, I, I can't understate this kind of idea of we stand on the shoulders of giants, right? So every person, we get to make these kind of incremental steps forward, but there's this huge knowledge base that like supports each and every one of us that's accessible to each and every one of us. And I would just highly recommend this idea of just diving in headfirst and being okay with the fact that it's unknown and understanding that those resources are there. Um, and that's going to allow you to grow personally. My gosh, how wonderful the way you said it, because that's kind of the way I look at even our podcast here for any of you listeners that, you know, half of it is over your head. You don't know the terms. It doesn't make sense. Just keep listening. And you would be shocked how you can listen to that same one that didn't make sense. And after watching a few more, you go back to it. And now you've got 80% instead of 50%. So it, it just builds on itself. It's a different type of education. One I love, by the way. And I think it's absolutely amazing. So, you know, I'm with you. As we look forward on the roadmap for Exquisite Morphs, um, what do you guys see? We have a lot of interesting projects in the works. I can't talk too much about them, but uh, really excited. Um, doing a lot of uh, video generation content, but a lot of like, storyboarding um, and kind of creation of really cool new concepts and ideas. Is it gonna be Hello again, AI Explorers. Thank you for staying with us on this rocket ship. Your thoughts matter to us, so share what you enjoy most about Edge of AI and what you crave more of on our socials at edgeof underscore AI. Your insights shape our content and guest choices, so thank you for being with us today. On to the next segment. Ten quick questions designed to uncover the intriguing human mysteries that AI longs to comprehend but cannot quite grasp. It's a snack break in our journey, so keep your answers quick. And in this case, I'll say very quick, because we're going to hit both of you on every question. But if you can, as brief as possible, it would be great. Um, the safety belt sign is off. So if it feels right, we can occasionally roam about the cabin and explore more of who you are and, uh, and what makes you tick. You ready for this? Sounds great. Absolutely. All right. What's the first thing you ever remember being proud of? 
from my end, I remember um, as in kindergarten, this is the first one I think of, uh, but I created an art piece and it was the one that was chosen to be hung up at, at the front of the class. And so I was, it kind of helped reinforce the idea of uh, kind of artistry and contribution within that. So that was really cool. Age frame you were when that happened? Uh, kindergarten. <laughs> Whatever. Oh, perfect. No, it's a great memory though. Mitchell, you too. Uh, first thing you remember being proud of. Yeah, first thing that comes to mind here actually relates to, um, I have a background in freestyle skiing. When I was growing up, that was my main sport. Um, and I remember the first time I was doing a flip with my team, um, I was, gosh, it must have been like 10 or 11 years old. And I remember so distinctly this idea of going upside down and then landing and having like being able to ski out. And to me, I think this is a through line that's this idea of just trying to be bold and really commit when you uh, enter into a new field. Oh, my gosh. Well, most of us could design our own LLM faster than we can uh, go upside down <laughs> skiing and land properly. <laughs> so well done. Um, what do you need help with that you wish you did not? Actually, you go first. I'm thinking. <laughs> okay. Um. That's a great question. Uh, I think really specific to this field and this research, um, you know, sometimes it just takes time, a lot of time of debugging to get these different models to run. And so I have spent hours and hours and hours of trying to run a model and following some of the documentation and just running into such a silly little error. Um, and I think those are the times where you really lean into forum answers and you start to talk with people on discord and reddit and you know just using that open source community um as a as a sounding board and then also giving back as you do that um so uh i spend a lot of time in those bugs mm -hmm. all right Anastasia, is it one you want to handle? You ready for it or no? Yep, ready for it. Yeah, um, and so kind of on a similar note, uh, but somewhat different is, I wish there was more time in the day. <laughs> um, and so that that's probably what I would wish for the most in, in terms of like what, what I would need help with is there's there's so many things that you want to accomplish and then the, you, there's a certain amount of prioritization and then uh, kind of decision-making that needs to be done a lot of kind of in accordance with time, uh, just as much as anything else. All right, well, now we're going to we're gonna take it from, we're going to get... These are gonna, this one anyway will be a personal answers, right? So let, let's find out a little bit more about sort of sort of who you are. So what is it that others often look to you for help with? And it could have nothing to do with AI. It's up to you. For me, it's um, kind of thinking about what recently people have come to me with is having a kind of a logical perspective on a lot of different kind of disparate topics and being able to uh, kind of help them with decision making and logic, uh, logicing through a decision. Mitchell? Yeah, uh, it's a great question. I think for me, um, I, I'm just still thinking through my answer a little bit. Um, but I think that a lot of people do come to me to ask for advice as well. Um, and I think that, you know, again, this idea of kind of thinking through things logically, reviewing um, a resume for a friend or a cover letter for a friend or kind of lending my perspectives on different ideas. Um, those are kind of things that I think uh, people are able to come to me with. Even during the course of this interview, I can tell you your answers are supported by your personalities and how you speak. So they were, they were, they were spot on, self-realization, love that. <laughs> uh, what do you treasure most about your human abilities? 
the ability for creativity and curiosity. I would say curiosity more than anything is continued interest in learning about different things and seeing how they kind of fit together. For me, it would be an emphasis on collaboration. So for me, if you're working on a model and it's in full isolation, um, it doesn't have the same sort of feeling that it has if you get to be working with an artist and storyboarding and fitting their vision. And to me, that process of just meeting and sharing these outputs together and these creative visions together is a very impactful process that adds a lot of meaning. All right. Throughout your whole life, what is the most consistent thing about you? Interest in learning new things. And kind of uh, with that, also the lack of ability to say no, <laughs> I guess. Um, <laughs> it's, it's excitement to learn the new things. And whenever there's a cool opportunity, it's a, it kind of has to be a yes. It's how do I make it work and how do I learn this thing rather than how, like, why not to do it? That goes back to that curiosity comment from, from one of you recently, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. And you took the words right out of my mouth there. Um, I was going to say curiosity as well for myself. Um, just this love of learning um, simply for the sake of understanding more about the world is something that has always given me a lot of joy. All right, we're gonna go from most consistent to if you look back at your whole life, what has changed the most about you? For me, it's um, understanding kind of my role in artistry. And so I, coming from a dance background, it was much more of a perfectionism and versus artistry. Um, and is it like a sport versus art conversation that has always been kind of within the dance world. Um, and so I learned kind of about the beauty of imperfection and the beauty of the ephemerality with that. Um, and so I have kind of over time seen myself more as an artist uh, than I had growing up. The beauty of imperfection. Absolutely love that line. Really, really strong. And Mitchell? For me, it would be putting more rigor and discipline around my goals. So I think that when I was growing up, um, I had this curiosity that ran. And wild. Um, but as I've grown up, I started to realize the value of consistency. So the value of doing something every day and taking these tiny steps to push forward and how good that actually feels. And I personally feel that I've grown a lot as a person through that process of picking things that that I enjoy and that are important to me and align with my goals and trying to build in a little bit of consistency, but also being a little bit playful with it um, so that it doesn't feel too daunting or too scary. There's an old saying that says, if you don't have goals, you're floundering. And I would add on to that you need some guideposts. You need some measuring uh, sticks there. So I absolutely concur. What do you find strangest about reality? <laughs> By the that way, I love this question for both of you because I know how uncomfortable it is. Well, it's, it, it, I, for me, it's that everyone's is different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes, fully agreed with that. Um, I think, I mean, gosh, this is, it's a little hard to put into words, but I think just the, the fact that there is so much complexity that underlies life is mind boggling. I mean, uh, you look at all of these examples where you have really simple systems, like binary code is a great example of this, right? It's just a string of ones and zeros that are creating certain numbers and certain categories that we use to kind of reference. Um, and you can build such complex things out of just these ones and zeros, but then at the end of the day, you start to delve into everything and everything has that sort of depth to it. And it's just, 
mind blowing and we have no hope of ever figuring it all out. And that's kind of exciting. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you conjured up all kinds of thoughts that I absolutely agree with. So I think it's pretty fantastic. <laughs> so we've all had those moments in life where you feel truly al alive. You didn't know that moment was coming and it just arrives and there you are. The most recent moment like that for each of you. For me, uh, I guess this is the first one I think of is I recently, uh, I just came back from a trip to India and it was really exciting. It was my first time there. Um, being able to kind of see the different cultures, being able to experience kind of the um, the the joy of a, a wedding, but then the kind of the dancing and then the cultural aspects of it. Um, there was definitely like everyone was really kind of forward in their living um, kind of, and really, really kind of intentional and very much there. And so that was really exciting. And I think for myself, um, I've had a through line of being very outdoorsy and doing a lot of extreme sports as I've grown up. And one thing that I've started to get more involved in is diving. Um, so I've been going on a lot of trips with my friends where we just kind of walk up to the shore and somewhere in LA um, and we strap on some fins and a wetsuit and we've been doing a lot of free diving. Um, and that's been a really exciting and impactful feeling for me this feeling of being down under the water 30 40 or however many feet you go down and just feeling this kind of serene beauty of being down there on one breath that you take yourself and being able to look around and be like this world is so foreign and so beautiful um it's a very serene and impactful feeling for me and i give you nothing but credit if you can get down to 30 or 40 foot free diving yeah. that's an amazing feat right there so good for you Thank you. Your your most unique trait. Thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I I've think th I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go back to you, Mitchell. That's good. I think for myself, it's the ability to have controlled obsession, and what I mean by this is, if I'm starting to do research on a new model, the ability to let's say lose an entire eight hours and just be laser focused on this, but then learning how to control that impulse so that if I need to pull away, that I'm also able to do that. And I think that's one of my greatest strengths is this idea of controlled obsession, knowing when to lean in and how to get lost in a workflow, but also knowing when I need to pull out to be able to take care of my own business and you know, be with my friends and be with my family and do the other things that add value to my life. Well done. You want to touch it, Anastasia? Yep. And for me, it's definitely working on kind of the at the interdisciplinary space is being able to pull in kind of seemingly disparate topics and being able to kind of make them work together and kind of help them kind of be larger than the sum of the parts and help kind of provide understanding through the different uh, through the different topics. All right. Well, the last question here um, is: If you were not human, what would you be? I'd be a cloud. <laughs> a cloud? Wow. <laughs> I would probably be a bird. Um, I think just the the feeling of flying and, you know, I'd like to be a bird somewhere in the mountains. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, there's some support, some sports that come close to it. So that's probably in your future too. So. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, I, I, we want to talk about leaders and influencers because you obviously both have spent so much time around AI. Um, you've been inspired by others. So can you name, for the sake of our listeners, can you name some leaders that you've noticed inside of the world of AI that, that might help them uh, you know, on their journeys? 
Yes, definitely. So I think that uh, one of my influences, and I just want to make sure that I'm getting this name correct, but it's uh, an individual, Catherine Croson, and I've never met her. Um, so for example, for any listeners that were familiar with the space, um, kind of VQGAN plus CLIP, Disco Diffusion, PyTT, all of these were early um, tools for creating AI art. And this was a, a developer's name that I just kept seeing tagged to these open source resources. Um, and I see that now she works at Stability AI. Um, and I think that's just such an inspiring story to me to see that one person can have such a big impact on the open source community. And again, this is someone who I have not met, do not know personally, but absolutely tip my hat to. Give your best at the spelling so we can uh, do our best to find her. Oh, let's see. I think it's K-A-T-H-E-R-I-N-E and then C-R-O-W-S-O-N. And I used to follow her Twitter quite religiously, which was Rivers Have Wings or Rivers With Wings. Um, and she would post different kind of models that she was developing there. So again, big hat tip to this uh, this individual. Well, good, Catherine. I hope you uh, end up seeing this and uh, realize that you're creating some ripple effects. I think that that's fantastic. Yeah. And, yep. I, and I just want to call out a few people as well. Um, so I used to work at the research lab with Dr. Jose Luis Contreras Vidal. And so he um, has a lot of projects within the brain on art. And so how do you go and uh, kind of perceive, how do humans perceive art and how do humans create and how do humans create in a real world environment? Um, and so some of the artists that we had worked with, uh, Dario Robleto, uh, Joanne Fleischauer, uh, Katie Grinnan, uh, really enjoyed working with them and really was always interesting about how uh, kind of mit much intentionality they put into their uh, creative process as well as the end product. All right, great. Now let's switch over to resources themselves. I don't know if you have any, you may or may not, for, for the sake of the listeners, uh, any sort of blogs or anything else you're you're looking at that they, they may be able to piggyback off of. So as Mitchell mentioned, we use Hugging Face quite a bit. Um, there's a lot of uh, discords that uh, we use as well and um, GitHub as well, of course. Um, and Mitchell, if there's anything else you wanted to add. Yeah, and I, I love to follow um, all of the kind of different Reddit forums that are out there and a lot of uh, different AI artists that are on Instagram and, you know, looking through those kinds of resources um, often spark creative ideas for myself. So let's, let's talk about, since you guys, you know, have, have uh, spent so much time in AI and all aspects of it, is there anything we didn't explore today, just sort of a cool way to use AI uh, that you could share? Yeah, I think uh, one way to use AI that's very user-friendly is um, if you go and you look for essentially stable diffusion, and you can look for stable diffusion image generation in a Google Colab notebook, you can find these resources that people have set up. And under the hood, there's all of this code that's running. But what you can do is they've set it up so that you can go and you can click file and you can click run all. And you can, there's a field where you can type in a prompt that you want to see, and you can actually start to create your own images that way. So I think that's a, a resource that I'd recommend for folks to look into to start to get involved in, you know, using open source code um, and running it in the cloud. And I would challenge the listeners to continue to kind of continue to keep track of the uh, innovations that are happening, seeing what people are doing, and then seeing what could be possibly at the intersection as well. It's, a lot of it's exciting is what would you like to look at? What would you like to be the uh, kind of user of and going and creating something within that space? And so it's do what ma makes it, you excited. 
So you guys have gotten wide, right? You do so much. It's hard to, it's hard to define it, but if you were, if you were, I will ask you to address it to someone that's less experienced in AI, trying to get their arms around exquisite morphs, you know, the, the, what you are, what you bring, you can call it an elevator pitch, but I'd like to make it even tighter than that. Like some one sentence, two sentences, what is exquisite morphs and what do they do? A boutique uh, design consultancy that can address any of your needs. Yeah, I, from my perspective, we're, uh, again, a boutique firm that creates art uh, that aligns with the vision of artists. So we take you through your storyboarding and then through the creation of different video and image assets, all the way to you being able to use those in your performances or shows or live events. And I think one of the unique traits to me is that you you can dissect all the opportunities that are out there, the tools that are out there, and deliver it to someone's exact use case. And I think that that's a really big deal. So going with that, um, where what where, where can the listeners track what you're doing and and what's going on? Any uh, particular socials to look at? Yeah, so we have our website exquisitemorphs.ai. We have um, Instagram uh, at exquisitemorphs as well as uh, TikTok. All right, fantastic. Mitchell's been sharing our website currently. So can feel free to go there. It's because of morphs.ai. We have um, kind of a select uh, select works that are on there with some of the things that we discussed today and some things past that as well. Uh, ability to contact us to set up time to go through and kind of discuss any potential opportunities for collaboration. Fantastic. Anything to tag onto that, Mitchell, or she just covered it all? Yeah, I think that covers it all. I would recommend um, mainly to reach out to us via our website. Um, via the form at the bottom of the site or via our Instagram. We're most active on those two platforms. With that, it's time for another safe landing at the outer edges of the AI universe for today. It's your Captain Ron. And on behalf of our guest and the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for choosing to voyage with us today. We wish you a safe and enjoyable continuation of your journey. When you come back aboard, make sure you bring a friend. Our starship is always ready for more adventurers. Head over to Spotify. Uh, iTunes, rate us, share your thoughts, your support and feedback mean the world to us. Don't forget to visit edgeofai.xyz to learn more. Connect with us on all social media platforms by searching for edgeof underscore AI. Join the conversations happening online. Before we sign off, mark your calendars for our next voyage, where we'll continue to unravel the mysteries and advancements of AI. And I uh, want to thank our guests so much for, for uh, spending their time with us today. And until then, bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of AI reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. Please make sure to do your own research. While we make every effort to ensure that the information about AI technology is accurate and up-to-date, we cannot guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeliness. We make no representations or warranties of any kind with respect to the information, products, or services discussed. Please be aware AI may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. Under no circumstances shall we be liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss or damage arising from loss of data or profits arising out of or in connection with the use of technology discussed on our podcast. Additionally, our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. Lastly, time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of these links. Refer to our website, edgeofai.xyz, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, privacy policy, and copyright notice. The views and opinions expressed on Edge of AI reflect solely those views and opinions of the show hosts and its guests. 
please make sure to do your own research. While we make every effort to ensure that the information about AI technology is accurate and up-to-date, we cannot guarantee its accuracy, completeness, or timeliness. We make no representations or warranties of any kind with respect to the information, products, or services discussed. Please be aware AI may occasionally generate incorrect or misleading information and produce offensive or biased content. Under no circumstances shall we be liable for any loss or damage, including without limitation, indirect or consequential loss or damage, or any loss or damage arising from loss of data or profits arising out of or in connection with the use of technology discussed on our podcast. Additionally, our show is not financial advice. You understand that you are using any and all information available on or through this podcast at your own risk. Whenever making financial decisions, we recommend doing your own research and talking to your accountant for financial advice. Lastly, time to time, we may feature sponsored content on the show for which we receive value, and we may share links for which we receive a commission if you make a purchase through one of these links. Refer to our website, edgeofai.xyz, for our full disclaimer, terms and conditions, privacy policy, and copyright notice.